if we as an organization are not working to identify who will be the next leader of our IT department, then we are ultimately just disservicing ourselves. It's an investment into our own future by investing in our own associates. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. I'm your host, Jeff Tun. Over a year ago, I wrote an article for Forbes titled, What's Next? Short-Term and Long-Term Impacts of the Global Pandemic on Tech. That was in May of 2020. That just seems so long ago in pandemic time. One of the impacts I talked about in the article was the unleashing of remote work and the concept of work from anywhere and the impacts it would have on salaries. Uh, Allow me to quote the article. Over time, the increase in remote workforce could have an equalizing effect on salaries as location becomes less of a factor. Companies will soon be able to acquire the talent they desire for the cost they want, regardless of that person's location. This may be bad for a major city like New York City with high cost of living, but for smaller Midwestern cities with lower cost of living, it might be a good thing. What I didn't talk about in this article was the devastating impact the front edge of this trend would have on IT departments across the Midwest as IT pros, now able to work from anywhere, jump ship for larger, much larger paychecks. To combat this new kind of brain drain, companies need to think differently. They need to act differently. Today, I am joined by Nirav Shah and Sarah Scheffel of Republic Airways. Nirav is the Vice President of Information Technology, and Sarah is the Manager of Talent Engagement. Republic is a regional airline operating 1,000 flights a day across the country. Nirav, Sarah, welcome to Status Go. Thank you very much, Jeff, and uh, thank you for inviting us to this uh, excellent podcast. I've uh, listened to plenty of your podcast and uh, looking forward for the next few minutes of conversation with you and Sarah. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Well, we're really excited to have this conversation because from our previous conversations, I've learned that you are involved in some unusual, innovative approaches to attracting and retaining talent. And that's one of the topics that is on the top of mind of IT leaders across the country is how do you do that? Before we dive into that, I'd love to learn a little bit about your background. Sarah, I'd love to start with you. Just talk to us a little bit about your journey, your career journey, and what led you to Republic Airways. Absolutely. So I am a Indiana State Sycamore grad. Um, So I went to school there and graduated in 2015 from their School of Business. Started my career in sales at the uh, Indianapolis Star, but Mm -hmm. always knew um, in the back of my mind, in my soul, that my passion really lied in workforce development and really bridging that gap from the, you know, collegiate space or non-traditional 
you know, collegiate space to the world of business um, and becoming a professional in your career. So I used to go to career fairs and I actually would not be interested in any of the jobs that they had there. I was asking the recruiter at the career fair how they got their job because I knew that's the job that I wanted. So post-grad, I did a year and a half of sales, um, wouldn't you know change that experience for the world, but I knew it wasn't necessarily for me um, and landed myself at Republic Airways as a college relations consultant where I got to do exactly what I always kind of knew I wanted to do. Um, I traveled the United States from Miami to North Dakota, North Dakota to New York, and then down into Texas for three years, really working with um, all the different collegiate programs in the country that offer um, aviation pathways, whether that's to be a pilot or to be a maintenance technician, or maybe you want to work in finance, but you have a really passionate uh, knack for aviation. Um, So I worked with that team for three years and then have since moved into the management role, which oversees the team that really is deployed out into the country, building out different pathways to Republic Airways. Again, whether you want to be a pilot or you want to work in IT, we have those opportunities available for you here. So that's my sweet spot now and, and where I sit. And um, it's been a really quick, you know, five years at Republic Airways. It's crazy to think that it's been five years um, that I've been a quote unquote working professional. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's gone really fast. And that's because we've, we've had a lot of fun um, building out a lot of the program that we have today. Well, and it sounds like you've been able to align your passions uh, with what you're doing for Republic. And and I think that makes all the difference in the world. It absolutely does. And I think it's like that old, you know, quote that they used to say, like, you'll never feel like you're working if, you know, you're having fun and um, you're enjoying your work. And, you know, I can't say that every day is, is, a, is a rainbow day. <laughs> we definitely hit some turbulence, no pun intended, but um, <laughs> we really enjoy what we do. And I've really enjoyed what I've been able to build and grow um, and bring to Republic and to aviation uh, over the last five years. Well, someone else who's on the call today that uh, I also know has found part of his passion at Republic is Nirav Shah. Nirav, do you mind sharing a little bit about your journey and what, what has brought you to Republic today? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So before I before I explain that, uh, I want to say publicly now, and I hope my my peer in the HR is not listening. But for a year, I've been trying to poach Sarah to join my department, <laughs> and uh, every single time she has kept on rejecting me because of the things we just discussed. Where she, you know, a lot of people, Jeff, and you know this, they take their entire career to find a perfect match, a perfect job for them. Yeah. And Sarah has done that from day one. And if somebody's going to go to a job fair and ask a recruiter how to become one of you, you know, right there, you know that she knew exactly where she wanted to go. And, you know, the amount of impact that she has made to the future generations, whether they're kids from all the college that she mentioned from North Dakota to Texas, uh, it's just phenomenal. I've never met anybody in my life that has had that much positive impact to the future generation in their career, whether it's aviation, IT, finance, HR, whatever it is. So thank you, Sarah, for everything you do. I'm going to continue my efforts to poach you, and I know you're going to continue rejecting. Uh, 
uh, from my end, uh, Jeff, you, uh, you know, I've been, been in this city for around 14 years. Uh, I, I moved from my country, India, to University of Missouri, Kansas City to do my master's. Uh, that was around 19 years ago. Uh, and then did my master's there. I started working for a small software engineering company in Springfield, Missouri, and also did my MBA during that same time frame. Uh, and then moved to Indianapolis to work for a company here called Interactive Intelligence. I spent around a decade over there. I went from software engineering to uh, leading the department when I resigned uh, from Interactive following the acquisition with Genesis. Uh, you know, had a small stint at a financial organization here in America and then came to Republic. Uh, what attracted me really to Republic was this uh, fascinating airline industry that, you know, I've traveled you know, around the world and have used them as a consumer, as a customer. And I want to know what goes on behind the scene to get all those things put together in place. Uh, well, I wasn't ready for the challenge, honestly speaking, because it is like running a symphony orchestra every single day. <laughs> and the music is different. Uh, yes. It depends on the weather. It depends on the kind of the day you are having. So it has been challenging every single day. And I thrive on it. I love that piece. Uh, and that's why I'm still here. So and enjoying every single day. Every day is a new challenge and uh, just cannot wait to face today's challenge. I love the concept of the conductor of an orchestra that to me really describes the role of CIO running an IT department is the, the music is different every day. Uh, and sometimes you don't get the music before the day starts. You, you kind of have to feel your way along. Yeah, absolutely. And in our world, you know, Jeff, I mean, as a customer before joining the industry, you know, where there would be a five to 10 minutes delay on the plane, I would really get antsy. And I'm like, come on, get your act together, guys. Like, <laughs> And now I'm like, come on, just five and 10 minutes. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, and, and we take a big pride. I mean, Inter Republic, from pretty much all regional airlines perspective, we have the highest percentage in on-time departures. So 99.96 or something like that. So it's crazy high. So even 30 seconds for us is like, come on, why is it 30 seconds? And, you know, your phone starts <laughs> ringing. And, but... It's true. I mean, it's it's been a challenging. It's really an orchestra. So many different pieces have to come together for, you know, one of those planes to take off on time, and we have to do it twelve hundred to fourteen hundred times a day. Yeah. And repeat next day. Yeah, that is incredible. When your when your seat changes, so to speak, your perspective also changes on yes. those types of issues. So, Nirav, let's talk about attracting and retaining talent. And talk about some of the challenges that you are seeing. I know you and I have talked about this. I know you've talked with other CIOs and they're experiencing similar things. So tell our audience a little bit about what you're seeing and what you're feeling right now, 18 months into the pandemic. Yeah, so um, you touched on it a little bit earlier on, and that was around brain drain, right? And earlier, I mean, I think decades ago when we would talk about brain drain, we would talk about people either leaving the country, really intelligent people, you know, coming to United States, doing their master's, doing their PhD, and then going back to their home country and kind of really investing in their home country rather than coming here where they got the education and investing in the United States. Okay, and, and that was truly a definition of brain drain. What has changed now, it's become more on a local level, and COVID kind of came and highlighted that a lot. So you know, as, as states are now attracting talent, what COVID did for them was it made it much easier to retain talent and at least find talent outside the states. Mm -hmm. So certain industries, specifically around the aviation industry for us, Jeff, 
certain IT positions, even though they were IT positions, they would be much more beneficial if they were closer to the headquarter, if they were closer to the maintenance hangar where the planes were worked on. So we were we were in the impression that most of the talent within IT would stay in Indiana and we'll hire and recruit in Indiana or either we'll bring somebody from outside back to Indiana. Mm-hmm. Well, COVID proved it to all of us that, and many of us were wrong, and you can actually be anywhere. And technology is at the level where you can work from anywhere. Yeah. The bad piece of that is you have companies that are on the East Coast and West Coast that have a, a large amount of funding available. And for them, it's now the entire United States has become a market where they could go and find those crucial talent they yeah, need yeah, yeah, and they can work from them. The problem you face that is it's becoming more and more harder on the company who are you know set in the Midwest or the smaller states for them to afford the salary that are being paid on the East Coast or the West Coast or the benefits that are being paid from those, those coastal companies that have the backings and the fundings that they need. It's a win-win situation for them because they don't have to pay the exact same salary they pay, but they definitely mm-hmm. can pay 20, 30% more than what we could pay here in Midwest. So yeah, yeah. what we are seeing is we are seeing this, this talent pool uh, that are currently signing up for these virtual jobs where stay-at-home, work-at-home jobs for these coastal companies making 20, 30% more. What I do fear into is Jeff, as as the market continues to keep going higher, everything's going to be fine. But if there is a one small dip, uh, these companies are going to come back and say, hey, certain positions, specifically certain very high talented people who have been working in the virtual world, why don't you move closer to the headquarters? Mm-hmm. And that's the real brain drain that I'm scared of, where now we're going to have really top talent, the top 10 to 15% of talent that eventually will move out of the state of Indiana. Uh, yeah, so yeah. that's where the real shortage, that's where I see like right now, the next two to three years where I feel like the top, and I've already started seeing, in fact, one of the guy who used to work for me at the interactive intelligence days, you know, he just got recruited from Microsoft around three to four years ago, worked from Indiana. And just last year, they moved him closer to their headquarters. So now a very intelligent yeah, data yeah. science guy just moved out of Indiana. And I think it's just going to speed up because... This is, I'm talking about pre-COVID situation where the move happened during COVID. The yeah. post-COVID situation, you're seeing a lot of work at home. And now these companies are smart enough to know the top talent from all the work at home people. And very soon you'll start seeing them moving out of Indiana. So that's that's really going to have a big impact on the talent uh, here in the state of Indiana. Now, Sarah, th- this is more than just IT, right? You're seeing this across all aspects of your organization. Is that correct? Absolutely. Every day. What are some of the things that you've seen outside? Let's let's look outside of IT for a moment. What are some of the things that you've seen impact positively? What things are, are you creating? What are you envisioning to help attract talent to Republic? Sure. So it's so interesting um, the way recruiting new graduates into our organization for the last five years, um, we've really seen this shift uh, a little bit, honestly, before the pandemic, but even more so now of wanting to feel like you are part of the organization and not just a number. The next generation of leaders that come into our organization, 
they don't want to just, you know, sit in a, in a desk and be issued a computer and have a Monday through Friday to five work experience. Um, they want to be involved. They want to see opportunities to get involved as early as their junior year in college, which is why you've you know, heard of our internship program that we've instituted mm-hmm. and, and all the other pipeline programs that we have to enter, you know, the Republic Airways organization. But they really, you know, the things that we've seen, which is great because you want individuals to join your organization to keep it fresh and to keep it growing and to keep it relevant, I Mm -hmm. guess, even to that next generation of talent, is that we're not just hiring um, people to come to work, but we're hiring people to come to Republic Airways and to ultimately make a difference at work every single day, whether they're in IT, whether they're implementing a new policy um, for hybrid work in HR, or um, they're looking at our, you know, dollars to invest in infrastructure for the organization and finance. It, it really, we've really seen a shift in the type of individuals and the type of talent that we're bringing into the organization because of how much more passion they have, not only for the work that they're doing, but the impact it's making on the organization to ultimately be better two, five, you know, 10 years down the road. But with that also brings, you know, the other side of it that we'll, we'll probably get to. Yeah. So one of the other things, and Sarah, I know you and I have not spoken about this specifically, but Nirav and I have talked about this multiple times, is diversity and the need for our organizations to be more diverse, be more inclusive. And so we're going to talk about the internship program specifically here in a minute, but are you using that to help drive diversity in Republic as well? Absolutely. Yes. The internship program is, it, it's been established the entire time that I've, that I've been here, but we've absolutely grown it uh, to, to something that we're extremely proud of now to where we have a higher conversion rate from intern to full-time associate than we've ever had before. And I think that speaks to, again, the investment that you're making in a collegiate student in their junior year versus just, you know, hoping that they're going to apply when you happen to catch them at a, you know, end of semester career fair. But diversity, equity and inclusion is a hot topic. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's not a hot topic, then I think that next generation of, of the workforce is questioning whether or not you're an organization that they even want to be part of. The way that we're going to go about diversity, equity, and inclusion, specifically diversity and in, in hiring into our organization, into our internship program, and any other collegiate program that we have, is broadening our net, mm-hmm. right? We're not going to not go to IU and Purdue and Indiana State and Ball State and their general you know, campus career fairs. But when I'm at a state school, how can I tap into programs or student groups that are of that diverse population? Um, so the request from myself as the leader of, of our campus outreach team is we're not going to not go where we've been going for the last five years. We're going to still be present there and we have a brand that we have to represent. However, how can we go further to yeah. make sure that our net is further casted? Um, How can we make sure that we're present on HBCU campuses? How can we make sure that we are at all of the diverse 
conferences that are offered in aviation from women in aviation to Latinos in aviation and the National Gay Pilots Association um, to ensure that our brand is spread throughout every little nook and cranny Mm -hmm. of the um, population because that right there is how you diversify your, your applicant pool. You can't just expect to post it on Indeed and, and hope that somebody's going to apply. If yeah. you want to be diverse, you have to do the actionable steps to start to see the diversity established within your organization. I love how you described it as uh, casting a wider net, going beyond where you've looked traditionally. We've talked on Status Go before about this uh, diversity and inclusion issue in tech specifically about opening the aperture was a great uh, a great quote from one of our guests earlier and it's it brings to mind that same mental image of casting that wider net I'd love to talk now about the programs and I, I use the plural there because I as I understand it there's a couple of things you are doing or at least are, are starting to do and one, we've mentioned, which is the internship program. And I'd love to hear more details about that. But then also there's, I'll call it an apprentice program. And that may be language that you don't use around the program, but it's that rotation across different areas of the organization, a rotation throughout IT that Nirav, you've talked about. So let's start with the internship program. Can you describe what is entailed in that and what the experience of the intern is when they join Republic? Absolutely. So the internship program for Republic Airways is really targeted on giving that student the realist experience that we could quite possibly give um, for someone at their junior level in their collegiate footprint. So we have internship opportunities that are available throughout our entire business. So when we look at uh, our, in our business, my team, we really kind of separate into two different buckets. You have the business operations, which is going to be your HR, your supply chain, IT, finance and accounting. And then you have the um, aviation operations, which is going to be engineering, aviation maintenance, flight operations, flight attendant operations, dispatch, all of our aviation safety programs. So really kind of targeting that that student that's going to school specifically around aviation, but then we're targeting the students that are really going to school specifically around business. Mm -hmm. Because that's one catch. When we started this internship program probably three and a half years ago, we would go to a campus like IU and they don't have an aviation program. And they would come up to us and they'd be like, why are you here? I don't (laughs) want to be a pilot. I don't want to be a flight attendant. And we're like, no, we have a business. If you want to be in computer science, Mm -hmm. we have a whole department dedicated towards a technological tube that basically flies you through the air. Right? So that was the biggest hurdle of where we had to build our brand around the business opportunities because everyone kind of knew the aviation opportunities. So we now have opportunities across the entire organization for students that are in their junior year is typically what we're targeting. So summer of their junior year going into their senior year where they will come on site with us here at Republic Airways um, on the north side of Indianapolis and spend a good, you know, 10 to 12 weeks full time paid being part of our business. 
And we don't make it any sort of shy of giving them full autonomy to ask questions, to ask why we do it that way. Have we ever thought about doing it this way? We inundate them and we include them in just about everything that we're able to include them in. So that has seen more success in the last you know, two years than I would say in its entirety because we treat the interns as if they are associates. Um, we give them responsibilities. We give them tasks. We give them goals. They go through um, performance evaluations. They even manage like their own little version of paid time off if they have a dentist appointment or they have, you know, they want to go on vacation. So we try to make it as real of an experience as we quite possibly can because it then allows us to really bridge that gap. We can teach anyone aviation. We can teach anyone um, the inner workings of working in IT at Republic Airways. But if you don't have a passion for aviation or you don't have a passion for information technology and you're not, you know, inundated with the culture here at Republic, then, you know, maybe we aren't the place for you. So we've seen twofold. Some people come here and they learn this is not the degree path that I want to go down because we've made it such a real experience for them. And I feel bad because then they go back to their parents and they're like, mom, dad, I don't want to be in supply <laughs> chain anymore. And they changed their major and now they're going to school for five years. Yeah, but yeah. we at least help them solidify, yes, this is what I want to do. Or no, maybe it's not what I want to do because of how real of the experience we try to make it. I could almost hear a lot of our listeners, Sarah, as you were describing how you have to teach why you are at these job fairs uh, when there's not an aviation school at IU as your example, because I think yeah. a lot of our listeners are in the tech sector, tech product, tech service company, and they go out to these job fairs and, and the students are like, well, I don't want to write code. And they're, they're like, well, we have marketing, we have accounting, we have HR, all those different things. So it's almost a universal issue sometimes when you're recruiting for those, I'll call them off brand. And I don't mean it that they're outside what you do, but those, what people perceive as your brand uh, roles and responsibilities. It's so true. Yep, absolutely true. And it was it was kind of fun there in the beginning, right? Because I thrive on employment brand and like getting mm-hmm. people excited because I didn't know. I was a I was like the epitome of the students who were like Republic Airways, I don't want to be a pilot or a flight attendant. Yeah. Because yeah. I, it didn't ever click in my mind that it's an entire business that has to be run. So, it's a lot of fun when the, you watch the light bulb click like, "Oh, oh that's what I can work in aviation in IT." Who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah. Story for another day, but I have a brother that's a pilot for a different airline, and he keeps trying to write software for pilots. So he's trying to go kind of the other way. He's the pilot that wants to wants to dabble in code. So Nirav, I want to pull you in uh, and talk about this rotation concept that that you and I discussed a couple of weeks ago, and what you're trying to do with a partnership, really, with Sarah. What you're trying to do in IT to fight this brain drain with this rotation concept? Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, so, uh, you know, as we talked about the brain drain, you know, we have to be, uh, you know, this is something that came with Republic Airways where a lot of the companies here, uh, they have, good or the bad, they have their competition here in town. So a lot of time they swap talents, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have that. We don't have another airline 
uh, in the state of Indiana. In fact, we don't have in, in many of the surrounding states either. So for us, Republic Airways, it was absolutely critical. And for years, we have been building our own talent, uh, specifically focused on the aviation side of things. So you know about the Lift Academy we started around mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years ago for our pilot training program. It also now does a maintenance apprentice program. So technicians coming from there. So we had that. With the realization of this post-COVID world, we decided to kind of replicate the same program for the technology team, as well as for the finance team, as well as for the so, so the back office teams. Mm-hmm. What that is, is uh, very similar to an internship program because as Sarah mentioned, our internship program is so close to our full-time employment program. We just don't separate. In fact, I'll give an example. A lot of the interns from this summer itself actually made presentation to our executive leadership. And some of their ideas are actually a real-time project that we'll be implementing with an extension of internship into fall and spring semesters. So our internship program, like Sarah mentioned, is not separate from a full-time employment. So this rotation program is exactly the same, but in many cases, it's usually following the graduation. So what we see there is what we visualize is as the student finishes probably the last year of college and a simultaneous internship for us, that internship will take them into a full-time rotation program. And that rotation program is probably around two years, uh, give or take. Uh, And then they would be asked to rotate between different departments within the company. Specific to IT, what I have done is, you know, we do a robotics uh, automation. We have obviously a data team. We have a virtual reality, augmented reality team. We have an application development team, services team, a lot of different, you know, typical IT teams. Mm-hmm. And what we do is once we have this, this candidate or a student coming out of college sitting with us, we work with them and highlight them, hey, here are the different options within IT. What are you really passionate about? And then we are, you know, pro- probably there are one or two that we kind of make them required. There would be a third rotation that would be optional that they would pick based on the choices we give them. Mm-hmm. In that way, we have a three or maybe four rotation program of six to eight months each. And then at the following of that rotation program, we sit back with them. We have gathered the feedback from the leadership in all of those rotation programs. And then we take the candidates feedback and say, what did you enjoy the most? What were you most passionate about? And then going back to what we talked at the beginning of the podcast, where how Sarah found her passion on day one, a lot of candidates, they don't. So this is kind of giving them that opportunity, you know, a, a safe space where they can try something for six to eight months, you know, another something for six to eight months. I've, I've done some jobs where I really did not enjoy, but I felt like I was stuck in it. This mm-hmm. is like, hey, I know there is an end here, you know, six months from now, I'm going to go and say, okay, I'm never going to be close to that job because I did not enjoy that at all. Or in the first three months, I find my passion and I'm like, hey, this is something I really like. What I've seen is uh, students as well as people who are kind of very early part of their career and don't know where they want to go, they really love this kind of a program. So it not only allows us to, you know, build a well-rounded talent because they have done a lot of different things in IT, or if it's an enterprise level rotation program, then they have learned finance, they have learned HR, they have learned IT, and then they finally decide where their long-term house is. Mm-hmm. Within IT, it's the same, you know, they've done robotics because it's a lot of time, it's not too much of programming. Uh, they might have done data, which is completely different skills than just the software engineering. And then they find their passion, say, hey, this is what I really enjoyed. They understand the business very well because they've done a lot of different things. And then you know, the long-term benefit of it is 
they enjoy what they do, they found the right match, and now they're committed to the mission for a long term, then stuck in a job, they're just paying them. That's all. So are you intertwining those types of rotations? In, in other words, someone does a rotation throughout the organization and then they do a separate rotation through the IT roles or are those two separate things? Yes and no. So they are two separate things. So somebody specifically with an IT major and they really want to stay within IT domain, they would come and they would do rotation within the IT departments. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, there are some who are not sure they have a mixed degree uh, and they might say, yeah, I've done a little bit of IT classes here and I've enjoyed it, but I also did some business classes and they were fun as well. So we would then put them through a rotation program that would be six to eight months in finance and then HR and then they would come to IT. And even in those, we kind of try to find some alignment. An example would be our HR department has HRIS team. So they manage our HCM system. Right. Okay, from from a from a junior level administrative perspective, so we would put them there, so they are still close to technology, but they are learning the business side of it. Following that, they would move to IT and still support the HR system, but now on an advanced administration as well as building integration. So they're still carrying on what they learned at their first rotation and bring it to IT and go a little bit deeper. Similarly, we'll do between finance and IT, where we both have a data teams. And they might do a rotation between both the data teams, but just a different kind of perspective on, on what they work on. So we do that as well. So they would go between the department rotation as well. And then sometime when you finish an enterprise level rotation system and they say, hey, as I did this, uh, you know, three, uh, six months with finance, six HR and six IT, I have found my passion to be HR. And then we might say, okay, then how about we do a one year within different departments on HR? And then gotcha. we finally find the home for you. Now, all of these are completely, like I said, a full-time job with the benefits, uh, with the pay packages that we would. Uh, but this is something that we believe are investing in the future of not only our organization, but future for our city and our state. Because this allows us to create this well-rounded talent with acumen, business acumen, technology acumen. And then hopefully they stay within Republic, where Republic continues to be an attractive uh, you know, offer for them. Uh, but if not, at least, you know, they'll be somewhere else and much will be a much more, you know, well-rounded talent than otherwise they would just doing one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, I've got a question for you. At the end of this rotation, what happens if either Republic or the person, they're not aligned? It does. It's not a fit. What do you do? It's a really good question. Um, and we haven't gotten there yet. So full transparency. However... You know, I think it comes down to it ha there has to be a alignment mm -hmm. to where we don't want to bring someone on to the into the organization or into a role that ultimately isn't going to make them happy, um, because that then in turn isn't going to likely give us the quality of work or you know the experience that we're trying to create within our own teams. So as I'm trying to forward think and know yeah. that there could come a time where we have a student who, you know, rotated through three different organizations and they're like, none of these are for me. Or, you know, we think this student did their best rotation here, but the student thinks they did their best rotation here. You know, how are we going to kind of bridge that gap? Um, and I think it really comes down to what is the immediate need of the business but also what is going to potentially push that associate mm -hmm. 
to want to grow within the organization, right? Yeah. So it's not about the role that you necessarily played in the rotational portion of your, your path here at Republic. It's more so which organization that you rotated into do you potentially see yourself being a leader within, yeah. right? So if I was to rotate, if I was to come into the organization and be in the human resources track, and I rotated between, you know, um, the actual true world of HR with employee relations, and maybe I did an, an area in systems, and then I ended in recruiting. I could look at the advisor that's managing this program and say, I want to be a leader in talent acquisition one day. So maybe I didn't necessarily enjoy cold calling um, and trying, you know, to uh push someone to come work in our organization, or I don't really like looking at resumes, or I don't really like interviewing and going kind of through the same thing every day. That wasn't really, you know, for me, but you know what I do like, I really liked uh, working with people all day. And I really liked um, the marketing and and the advertising aspect of my rotation in, in talent acquisition. So it's kind of pulling apart what you enjoyed and getting the student or getting the associate to start thinking long-term of what area do you want to be a leader in and not necessarily the day-to-day responsibilities that you were tasked with through your rotation. Sounds like an excellent coaching opportunity for someone as they're going through the program and as they're nearing the end of that program. Now, I've got a question for both of you. How did you get buy-in from the executive team for this? It sounds like a pretty substantial commitment uh, on Republic's part to performing these rotations and having people move around. So how were you able to get the buy-in? I can kind of just speak first from from my perspective, because, you know, leaders like Narav, I had to have, I had to have buy-in from, right? Mm -hmm. So when I initially was tasked to start thinking about it. And I think it's important, you know, that it wasn't just like a dream child of mine that I just, you know, sat in my, at my desk and thought (laughs) like, I'm going to create this program. Um, There was already some interest, you know, within the organization. And I think it's because we have leaders in our organization who were part of a program very similar to this, um, where the question was, what could that look like for Republic Airways? And so as we started really identifying the different rotations and what this could look like, the team had very strategic conversations with the different, you know, VPs in our organization like Narav, and then also up to, you know, our executive, you know, C-suite level of the intention of this program isn't necessarily to, you know, solve the, the leadership needs that the organization may have right now. But the mission of the program is ultimately to develop those aspiring, you know, aviation professionals, business professionals um, to ultimately create that pipeline to leadership. So, you know, at some point, maybe never, because I think I think Narav will work for the rest of his life. But at some point, Narav might say, I think it's time for me to retire And if we as an organization are not working to identify um, who will be the next leader of our IT department, whether that is at, you know, a manager level all the way up to a director level, all the way up to a VP level. 
If we aren't working to identify who that next leader is going to be, then we are ultimately just disservicing ourselves, right? So it's an investment into our own future um, by investing in our own associates. And that's really what this program is designed around. I mean, yes, of course, you know, these students will go from internship to rotational and then they'll, they'll land in their final placement. But the, the individuals in this program are the individuals that will lead the organization one day. And, and when you had those conversations with the business leaders of, you know, this is the investment into the future of the organization. Um, it's not going to solve any of our, you know, our problems maybe right now. But imagine if we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if we don't invest in, in it right now. And it was really those conversations of making sure that we were aligning ourselves to be in a really good place five, 10, 15 years from now, because if we're not doing it, other companies right. are. Yep. So you're, you're building leaders. I love that. And yeah. I love how many times that name or label of leader has come up in our conversation today. Nirav, from your perspective, what things did you need to do to get executive buy-in on this? Yeah, and before I answer, uh, when we talk about leader, we also, we don't mean just people leader. We mean leader in their space. It could be a technology leadership, things like that. Um, I I think it was fairly simple. um, And Jeff, we have talked about this in the past. So Technology teams uh, probably around 15 to 20 years ago were considered you sit in front of the machine, do your work and go home. Yep. That's it, yep. right? Yep. Uh, that's that's not the case anymore. Today, the, the most successful technology teams are the one who understand the business the most. Okay, you cannot just sit here and just do the coding based on the specs. You need to understand the business. You need to be going above and beyond and add the value and sometimes tell the business that, hey, we can do this using this technology. For that Mm -hmm. to happen, it was very critical where we build this talent pipeline. Very often that not, that comes from the business side. And this rotation program was my explanation to them to saying, I can go to Purdue or I can go to a technology school, really a good technology school and hire really good software engineer or go to the company next door and maybe poach somebody from there. But if I can go and get somebody from my operations team who already know how the operations side of our our business work or a flight attendant team who kind of know how the in-flight services work and have that person come and join IT, and that's going to be way more valuable. So this rotation program was was just an easy bind for them to understand that. And they've seen that. Where, where, where once I got to Republic and we got some people from business move to IT, they have seen the value that that has brought in as compared to just a hardcore IT person. Now, going back to diversity, I think you need both. I mean, you need the balance of hardcore IT person as well as the business knowledge that kind of help each other. And that's what we are trying to build here. So. Uh, I, I think it was just an easy bind. And, uh, you know, the first thing we had talked earlier, which was, this was natural to Republic. We were doing that from aviation because of the area we are in, because of the competition or lack mm-hmm. of competition here. We had to build our own talent. For the years, it was focused on pilots, pilot shortage, flight attendant, flight attendant shortage, mechanics. Over the last 12 to 18 months, we said, okay, we know that and we have heard about it and we are doing something about it. Why can't we replicate that for back office? Because we are equally going to start facing that shortage as well. So it's yeah. kind of version 2.0 of what we were doing for the aviation industry. I love that version 2, 2.0 of building leaders and extending that into, into the IT professional. As you know, 
uh, Nirav, because I know you've listened to uh, several episodes of Status Go. And, and Sarah, my guess is when Nirav reached out to you, you might have listened to an episode or two yourself. But we are all about action here on Status Go. We like to leave our listeners, who are the IT leaders throughout the country, we like to leave them with a solid call to action. So I'm going to start with you, Nirav, and then Sarah, I'll come to you here in a second. What's one thing our listeners should do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today? I think all the IT leaders are put, are been given a wonderful, wonderful platform uh, to build their legacy. And the legacy for them is to build the future leaders for their companies or their state or their city or whatever it is. And the best way to do that is to invest in talent when they are young, find them and give them an opportunity, give them a safe space where they can experiment, they can fail as well, and then have a conversation so that they can find that right passion, just like how Sarah did on day one, right? So, and make it, make it that it doesn't remain job for them. It just becomes their passion. So I think that's why we started this rotation program. I request every single leader to start at least, at least, at least start an internship program or have a rotation program, start with one individual and invest in one individual and, 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 and make a leader out of that one individual for the future. I love that. Create your legacy. You cannot start soon enough in, in doing that. Sarah, same question for you. What's, what's one thing our listeners should do tomorrow because they've heard our conversation? So it kind of goes off of um, what Narav just said of as the current IT leaders throughout different organizations, you have the ability to really make that impact on the next generation of leaders. And I I am a next generation of, of, of leadership, right? And if I didn't have the support of a leader like Narav, I don't know that I'd be on this. Um, I'd be part of this conversation yeah, today. Yeah. I don't know that I would have had the support from um, from him and his ability to make an impact on other leaders in our organization. So it's kind of twofold and it, it all kind of goes full circle. But if you have the ability to kind of impact the next generation, do it. Because they, I can guarantee you that there are people in your organization, whether it's directly in your organization in IT or it's all the way over in HR, there are next generation of leaders who just want to feel safe to share their ideas. They want to um, they want to get it wrong and be told what they did wrong so that they can learn and not just have it done for them. There's probably a lot of people who, if we just had the chance and we just had the leader who took the risk on us, could move the business in the direction that you need to move the business. So. That would be my call to action is if you don't already have someone identified, again, not directly in your own chain, but in your organization that you're able to, you know, pluck out and mentor and coach and guide to really be part of that next generation of of leadership. And again, to Narav's point, not people leadership, but to just own um, a program, a process, an initiative, a change, whatever it may be find that person or find that group of people because they are waiting for you just as much as you're probably waiting to identify them. And I, um, I wouldn't still be 
probably moving the needle forward as quickly as I do if I didn't have the support of, of leaders like, like Narav in this organization. Now, now one personal, Jeff, one personal reason, and I, I need to candidly open up is, the reason I invited you, Sarah, is I thought at the end of this call, you'll say, I will join IT. <laughs> well, that brings us full circle, doesn't it? <laughs> is this a job interview, Narav? <laughs> Every conversation's a job interview. <laughs> You're right. No, Sarah, that is excellent advice. I love how we started out talking about attracting and retaining talent. And the way we ended is you do that by building leaders and, and not just people leaders as we've been talking about, but leaders throughout the organization. I really want to take the time to thank both of you for taking your time for joining us for this conversation today. It has been tremendous and I really appreciate it. So thank you both. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Hera. Yes. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Nirav Shah and Sarah Scheffel. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find InterVision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.